The world starts changing when the church starts praying. Uh, as we gather together as, as, as followers of Christ and, and we pray in unity and, and in God's will, then things change. And that's really our topic today uh, as, as we start out in this. We, we, we're talking about prayer. And, and really it says prayer is our title. Prayer always answered. And there should be a question mark. Really? Is prayer answered? That's really what we're looking at today. When are prayers answered and how are they answered? This is the fourth week of our series uh, on prayer. First week we looked at what prayer is. The next week what prayer isn't. And last week we talked about devilish prayers or how the devil can get into our communication with God, both in what we say to God and what God or what we hear thinking from God inside of our heads. So uh, that was last week. Uh, this week as we start, uh, for those of you who are visitors, my name is Bill. And for those of you who are visitors, there's a free gift uh, for you in the back. I encourage you to pick it up as you go out. Also, there's just a lot going on. So we encourage you, you have a bulletin, I hope, uh, that, that you have that gives the events. Also, we have an app uh, on, our, on phones now that give our announcements, give all the information, what we're about uh, a lot of things going on. Don't forget, and I, I wanted to mention to this as far as the people who come, if you want to come to the Sunday school classes, we still have full child care uh, all the way up through junior high upstairs if you want to come to our 9 o'clock Sunday school classes. Uh, they asked me to, to let you know that. So uh, please consider attending one of those classes. So as we go, though, uh, I, I want to start when we talk about prayer because one of the challenges is, How's God answer them all? How does He hear them all? You know, it's 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 billions. What is it? Seven point four billion people, and many of them praying constantly, coming to God. Does He hear it in their ears? Is it a ringing that's going on? How does God respond to that? So I went to the normal source of wisdom and answers to all questions. I went to YouTube. If you've been getting a lot of yeses lately to your prayers, <laughs> you might be really concerned. Bruce may be in charge up there. Uh, great answer. Yes to all. Will, will that really work? You know, knowing this crew, I don't think so. Because there are some people in here that actually are praying, please, that the Cowboys win the Super Bowl. And, but... There's also a group of sinners with great faith that believe the Raiders are going to win the Super Bowl. Both can't be right at any one time as you go. Uh, so it can't be that we have Democrats, Republicans praying for different candidates and issues, no compromised offer. Should God, can God answer yes to all? He can't. And I, and I like his one comment in there. I just have to go back and highlight it when he got another download. What a bunch of whiners. Uh, but God invites our whining. He invites our prayers. He invites us to talk to him. We've looked at this for the last several weeks. He tells us, never stop praying. Never stop speaking to God and hearing from God. Be thankful in all circumstances as we pray. This is God's will. And, and the memory verse, for those of you who have been doing the daily study guide for this week, the memory verse is, this is the confidence, the certainty, and the understanding which we have before God, that if we ask anything 
and, and here's the phrase we're going to talk about most of today. According to his will, if we ask that, he hears us, and we know that he hears us uh, in whatever we ask, so we know that we will have our request. He will say, yes. When we pray in accordance with his will. Prayer, again, the reminder, we've used this, to humbly address God with adoration, confession, supplication, and thanksgiving. Communication, again, the emphasis too often is on what we say to God. But the real power of prayer is what we hear from God and what he says to us. How he guides, leads, trains, and encourages us in the things that are there. It's, it's us listening to him as he goes. Uh, we're commanded to pray two-way communication. Each word, each week we've talked about our communication is not only our words and not only our thoughts, but it's our heart attitudes, it's the things we do, our actions and everything else are really communications, if you will. So this, this confidence that according to his will. See, what's the problem in this memory verse? How do we know exactly what God wants in every situation? So when we pray, we're in accordance with his will. I prayed at one point uh, several years ago that I not lose my hair. Which thanks for telling me it didn't work. I was a, that's news to me, you mean? Who knew? Thanks, James, for straightening me out on that. You know, <laughs> I've, I've prayed for other people and myself to be healed at times. For years, I prayed for revival of our country. And, and, and actually, I, to be honest with you, I still pray for our country. But I have narrowed that down, that I pray for Ridgecrest. And now I've actually narrowed it down. I pray for revival in this church. We, we need revival. And I think most of us understand that, that as we look for God's will, we, we know basically what it is, and we'll play around with that today. But I think most of us have had prayers that were not answered in the way that we wanted them answered. Many have prayed for healing uh, for ourselves and for others. And sometimes we see healing. We've got testimonies that I, I get the privilege of people. Well, actually, I get to know more about that because they'll come to me and say, you know what happened? And they'll tell me their story about how God touched them and changed them. But also, uh, I, I get the, the other side of the story, too. I do a lot of memorial services for people who were diligently and lovingly prayed for, and they pass away. Their, their miracle's not here on this earth. This, 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 all of this tells me that there's more to this praying thing than just assuming we know exactly what God's will is as we go forward. So today, uh, as we ask, we're going to earnestly pray and address God with adoration, confession, supplication, and thanksgiving. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we stop. And, and we stand before you amazed that we're standing literally on holy ground in front of the creator of the cosmos who spoke this world and actually ordained our creation personally. Lord, we ask you to lead, to guide. We want to, we want to dive into your word. We want to hear your heart. We want to know what your will is for us, 
for our country, for our church, for our families. Thank you, Lord, that you will reveal what we ask for, because we ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. So what's the, what's the first, what's some of the basis of the 7.4 billion people praying all over the world? What are some things we need to know about what God does do? First thing, the basics of answered prayer is that God's in charge. I love these verses. Uh, God made the heaven his throne. He rules over everything, not just Ridgecrest, not just your family, not just the United States. He rules over everything, which means the whole world. Every, every human being is known to God. And, and even whatever our situation, we'll see as this goes along, those who honor God, those who know Jesus Christ, those who reject Jesus Christ, those who reject God, those who say there's no God whatsoever, the mind of man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. God even directs those who say he doesn't exist. And then the next one, he says, how does he do that? I, the Lord, I search the heart, I test the mind to give to each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. His decisions are not random. They're not accidental. They're specific for each person as he responds to prayer. So he responds to my prayer and to your prayer. God is the supreme, ultimate reality, perfect in power, wisdom, and goodness, who is worshipped as creator and ruler of the universe. What God says, the short of that is, he's in charge. We don't escape him, even if we deny him. Our God is in charge. Let's just look at a couple of categories. For, for sure, at the beginning, he directs the followers of Jesus Christ. And he follows, and he, and he directs the lives of his children. Even those all around the world that may not have had a Jesus, they've responded to their conscience. They've responded to creation. We talk about this all the time. He directs the steps of those who honor him and follow him. Uh, the Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights, and listen, every detail of your life and mine, God directs us. And never stop praying. And again, here's the phrase. Be thankful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. If you're a follower of Christ, you're where you're supposed to be. People will come in. Uh, often I get to talk to a lot of people in different contexts and places. And, and they'll say, uh, what's God's will for me? What, is he, what does he want for me? And, and the basic starting point for each person is, and I tell them this in my normal, smooth way, well, look at your feet. Where are they? Because the truth is God directed us to the specific point that we're all at right now for reasons that, that often we don't understand. But this verse tells us, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus. He is the sovereign, ruling God. The question isn't so much where we are right now. We'll see this as we go along, where our feet are. It's what direction our feet are pointed in. Are we going toward God or away from God? But for sure, he directs his children. He also directs those who don't know him but are seeking, honestly, spiritual truth and truth inside this world. Uh, he says back in the book of Jeremiah, for I know the plans that I have for you. So he has plans for all of us. He has good plans for all of us. 
uh, not for disaster. He wants to give us a future and a hope. And, but here's the thing. In those days when you pray, I will listen. And if you look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. You know, when I was uh, it, moving toward Christianity, I'd, I'd kind of been hooked and connected. I said, there's something going on with this God thing. I'm going to find out. Uh, I actually prayed that. That was my heart. And, 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 and God, if you're out there, if you're real, if you want me, you, come on. I, I didn't say it with any arrogance. Well, show me. Show me. And that's what this prayer says. And, and, but more importantly, I wholeheartedly and diligently sought him. It wasn't a casual passing. Well, that might be a good idea someday. I started reading the Bible to, to learn, not to look for loopholes. I started reading uh, the Bible to, to find out what God wanted, to find out about God. I started going to church and actually listening to what the message was, and not so much about looking at everyone else, but what did that message have to do with me? What was God telling me in those messages? So I diligently looked, and, and he showed me. He, he brought me to himself. This is a very true verse. And so keep on asking, and you'll receive. What you ask for, keep seeking, and you'll find. If you're here in the seeking mode, and, and, and you want more information about God, that's really why we're here. If we can meet with you, give you free material, anything, let us know. That's, we want to be part of that journey. The next thing is he even directs the steps of those who reject him. You see, why would he not? If he's a God of love and loves, he loves even those that reject him. Don't be misled. You can't mock the justice of God. You'll always harvest what you plant. If we live to satisfy our sinful nature, we'll harvest decay. Did you know that a spanking is a sign of love? Discipline is a gift. It is. It corrects us. It points us in the right direction. God continues to reveal himself to us and always, but if we turn away from him and, and we choose to follow the other guy, he allows consequences to come at us. Sooner or later, we learn the consequences of my, my life before Christ drove me, motivated me to find out about Christ. It's just like I, I framed for years, you know, and, and if I hit my thumb every time I framed, I would, someone would say, Bill, stop hitting your thumb. And that's a great idea. And, and that would be my goal, to, to stop hitting my thumb. And that's the consequences would lead me to that. This, I don't want to say this, my wife is here. But last week, I, I was doing some work, and I had a grinder out, you know, one of those little thin wheel deals, and I was cutting off the bottom of a door. Well, it jumped and came and hit me across the knuckle and went down to the bone. And uh, I bled all over her, her place. She wasn't happy with me. But what I didn't tell her at that time was that's not the first time that's happened. <laughs> also, what I didn't tell her is in my toolbox I have a guard. The... <laughs> what are you shaking your head? Uh, you're right. I'm going to put the guard on. But why am I going to do that? The consequences of the pain... Lead me to repentance. Lead me to follow God. And that happens throughout the world. You know, people get, are led to Christ because they're disgruntled. They see hope for change and hope for growth. He allows the consequences 
that take place. What's the point? For, for followers of Christ, for seekers, for even those that reject God. God is still in charge. He still rules over everything. These verses are true. Your mind, my mind, we can plan our ways, but ultimately our steps, as with everyone's steps, are ordered, commanded, and directed by God. And he does that based on our heart as he looks inside and looks at what's best for us. For all people, he uses our free will choices often to lead us. He leads us to discipline. Our free will choices can lead us to blessings because our choices were godly choices. Uh, some of our choices will, will bring us to learning about him and his life. Being rational beings, we can learn. And, and God allows us our choices to teach us. Our free will choices can lead us to serving other people. And many of us have chosen to use our lives to do that. Many people here have given their lives to serving others. But to some, our free will choices will even lead to our own death. If we continue to make bad choices, the consequences of those can take lives. We know that. We know all people that, that that's happened to. We can, whether by accident or, or, or other things inside of our life, our choices, can, they have consequences. But God is always sovereign, allowing, ordaining, encouraging our steps. Even he uses our rebellious choices. Now, the point out of this is the, is the is that if this isn't true for your God, if he isn't that big, if he isn't in control around you, if you don't feel he's wise enough, strong enough, and present enough to guide your steps, trade up. Get a new God. Get the real God. Because that's the God. If, if we put him in a corner and says he's not a factor, that's not the real God. The real God is, is alive and well on planet Earth. And, and, and all that he does, he answers all prayers that are in his will. This is the confidence. This is the verse that we'll keep coming back to. This is the confidence that if we're moving and asking in his will, it will be a yes. It will come to us as positive encouragement and even help us to carry it out. But what are some of the things that we can be 100% sure of that his, that's his will? The first one is the obvious one. Jesus Christ died for the whole world. He did. This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who desires all men to be saved, to come to the knowledge of the truth. All men. God wants everyone to be saved. Even before he made the world, he chose each person to be adopted into his family, to become part of his life, to become part of what he's doing inside of this world. Even before the foundation of the world, he did that. And anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord with a broken heart and a humility, they're going to be saved. They're going to be saved from themselves and the consequences of their decisions. They'll be changed. Many of us are living testimonies that that's true. But that's God's will for all of us. When a humble, repentant person calls out to Jesus Christ, God always says yes. You know, he's like any father, just like every parent here. When your kids ask for good things that will help them and you know it will help them, you give it to them. God wants his children 
to be happy, but he also wants them to grow, not just happy, but holy. He wants us to grow into the image of Christ. Uh, he wants us to grow, to be more like Jesus in every way we can. Since you've heard about Jesus, since you've learned the truth that comes from him, get rid of our old lives, be renewed in the spirit of our mind, the way we think and see things, and put on Jesus Christ, put on a new behavior, which is holy and righteous and blameless. God wants us to be like Christ. So many Christians stop people seeking Christianity, moving it, stop at the door. There's so much more as we as we as we seek Christ. Be holy in everything that we do. We live in a kindly stated a very unholy world. God calls us to holiness. God calls us to right living. And this is simply stated, it's one of my favorite verses. For you ask what God's will is. This is God's will for Christians. Sanctification, which basically means being holy, sanctified, set aside for Christ and his use. Be holy. So first, know God. Second, be transformed into the image of Christ. And finally, his will for us is to love and to serve others. Don't use our freedom in Christ just for ourselves. But, but reach out to serve others. One commandment, love our neighbors as ourselves. You and I are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared before the foundation of the world that we could do them. You, again, it's kind of an interesting thing. If, if you stop and look at your day, if you're a Christ follower, there are things that you're going to do today that's a divine appointment that was set up for you. That appointment was in your calendar book before the foundation of the world, where you can do what God has called you to do. We should walk in that holy expectation of these appointments. But as we do that, don't be selfish. Don't try and impress others. Be humble uh, of others. Think better than yourself. Don't look out for our interests. That's not the deal. But take interest in others. That's Christ's attitude. So know Christ, become like Christ, and serve others like Christ. And as we do that, and one of the truths about prayer and, and, and Christianity and actually honest life, anywhere you look at it, we're not always going to understand what's going on around us. We're not going to understand why we're in this situation, why this accident happened, why this blessing happened. We'll, I look at my life and there's, a, there's this things happening all the time, and I don't understand. I, I ask for understanding, but it comes to a place where, God just said, and he says this, I'm smarter than you, Bill. Can you believe that? Please don't answer that. Cause I, I, yeah. God has plans and thoughts and ways that are so higher than my thoughts, plans, and ways, and they're higher than yours. How great. How great are God's riches and wisdom and knowledge. How impossible it is for us to understand his decisions and his ways. Who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to give him advice? You know, we can make our prayer request, but it's a request. God has a plan that will be worked out around us, and we always, excuse me, most times, I don't understand. It's mysterious. There's a plan of God working in this world that takes my free will choices and your free will choices, and, and they're being woven into a plan that God had before the foundation of the world. 
You know, as, as we interact with each other consistently and regularly as a church or as a community, God is working something out that's far beyond what we can imagine. We talk about this, his, his, his meta plan, from the beginning of the world to the end of the world. All these things are flowing together that's going to have an ending that we're going to be astounded. We'll stand in heaven and look back and say, that's what that was all about. And thank God for it, that it took place. That's our God. Who knows those things? It's an ongoing lesson for me. I have to admit, as much as I study the Bible, no matter how long I walk with God, I truly don't understand. You know, what's with that? There's things that are going on all the time. People die, do a lot of memorials. I don't understand why. I always acknowledge that. I don't understand God's giving of life and taking of life. I don't understand why God, why martyrs and people that follow God are dying all over the world. I don't understand sickness. You know, I can pray, thy will be done in each of those things. Not understanding it, asking for the best, but also thy will be done. There will be a time when we will understand. And, and this has become a, an increasing truth for me. And it's something exciting in the future when we leave this world, right? Because down here we see our reflections in a mirror dimly. It's, it's puzzling. It's, it's, it's not clear. But then when we leave this world and stand face to face with God, uh, now we will, we will know everything completely just as God knows us completely. Just as God knows every detail of our lives, we will know that. And when we will look back and... And, and we know and are aware of all the prayers we made, and we'll see how God answered those prayers. It, you know, looking back, when we see God face to face, we'll be totally satisfied with how God answered all our prayers, because then we know uh, all that God knew when He answered our prayers. What that means is we're clueless. If we honestly admit it, there'll be a day when we'll see everything and we'll, we won't say it in this term, but we'll say, God, you were right. Good call. Thanks for saving me from myself and not answering that one. Man, if I'd have married that person, whoa. Uh, if I'd have ate all the chocolate I wanted to, and they would go on. This comes from John Newton, the writer of uh, Amazing Grace. It says, to those who seek him, his sovereignty, his rule over everything, is always exercised in a way of grace. All things work together for good for those who seek him. Everything that is needful, God sends. Nothing that can be needful does he withhold. He gives us what's good. That's our God. And as we respond in prayers, that's the truth. And again, this is a guarantee in our prayers. Also, I'm just going to touch on two things that are always true. God's unconditional love for each and every person. I don't care how far from God. I don't care what their chosen lifestyle is now. We cannot lose the love of God. It's unconditional, unmerited, and given to each and every person. Nothing can take it away from Nothing can separate us, even our foolish choices can't take us away from the love of God God loves us that's fact and truth 
Next, God is always faithful to His promises. As we read the Word, as we understand God, as we, as we pray and talk, God is not a man. He doesn't lie. When He says something in His Word, He's going to do it. He's not a human. He doesn't change His mind. Has He ever spoken and failed to act? We can look through thousands of years of earth history, of prophecy, fulfillment, prophecy, and fulfillment. When God speaks, He fulfills His promises. May the God of peace make you holy in every way. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the Lord Jesus Christ comes again. That's a great prayer. But look at the last line. God will make this happen for each person here. He who calls us is faithful. Even when we are not, he is faithfully working to carry out his plan plan inside of our lives. That's the big picture. Absolute, unconditional promises of God, center of His will. Now, here's where we're going to get into the challenges. God's blessings, gifts, and promises are conditional. There's always an if. You can do this, if. This happens, if. It's the big if that comes up. God will not force himself upon anyone. Even he will not force blessings upon those. He does not do that. Our God is is a loving God, but he knows that love is a free will choice. He honors our free will. All of God's gifts and all of the things, they each have conditions and qualifications that come up on them. You know, examples of a conditional prayer and and defining conditions subject to or implying uh, and dependent upon a condition expressing containing implying a supposition in other words something has to happen before this promise takes place and and this is uh we're coming into the weekend of the fourth of july we live in a great nation ordained under the the control of god uh, our rights, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that, that, that these inherent rights are given to us by our Creator, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. See, they're given to us by God. And, and yet as a nation, we're turning from the foundation. One, and I don't think this is new news to anyone here. We've fallen from the foundation. We've removed God. We've moved away from it. And the results are all around us. We see the immorality. We see the sickness. We see the diseases. We see families coming apart. We see all of these things taking place. God has shut up heaven, if you will, and it says no rain, but spiritual things are happening. Uh, Satan is devouring things around us, devouring our kids and our families. There's plagues of immorality, homosexuality, uh, everything, uh, pornography. They're just immoralities spread. And these are just sinners, but, and God loves them, but there's an answer to it. But this answer is conditional. It's conditions as if, if, the big if, if my people are called according to my name will do these things. If Christians, if we will humble ourselves, pray, seek God's face, and here it is, turn from our wicked ways, 
God will hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and restore our land. Because we got in the mess, because we didn't pray, we didn't humble ourselves, we didn't turn from our wicked ways. So these, we're living in the consequences of that. Now, this is a great verse. Well, you know, see, nice of you to say that, Bill. It's in the Bible. So it's a great verse. But I hear it prayed all the time. I hear it prayed in, in groups. I hear it publicly coming across in, in public settings where going to Christian stations and all those other places. We all know it's in there. We hear it put forward many, many, many times. But And, and so many times when I hear it, it is not, I'm, I don't walk away encouraged. Why? Because I know the reality of often, even if it's a group of pastors, they're not looking at the requirements. They're just claiming God's promises without fulfilling the conditions. I look at this, and, and, and Christians gathering together as a unity uh, inside the body of Christ, humbly calling upon God, uh, praying and seeking His face, turning from our wicked ways. You know, that's the deal. The problem isn't on God's side, it's on ours. One of the, I hate to say this, the reasons for this whole series is just being in large groups and hearing people ask God to heal our land and never mentioning the qualifications. And, and so often the prayer goes like this, God, you know, do this, do this, do this, and it's like kicking it up to God. Okay, God, I've made my prayer, now it's up to you. To have all these sinners around me repent, seek your face, and turn from their wicked ways. No, it's us. You want to change our country? Everyone that comes to Crossroads for a while know how we do that. I change my heart. You change your heart. You seek God. We seek God. As a church, if we just fully threw ourselves into God, we'd change the town. We'd be a light. That's... I won't go on. Too often in our nation, we feel that we're entitled to God's welfare, blessings, and care. We feel no responsibility to tell other people about God. We're we're spoiled in many ways, immature children, expecting God to bless us even in our sin. We don't do the basics. I I use this example, and it may not be a good one, but it's one that makes me happy, so here we go. Everyone in our country knows that college is a good deal. So so as a parent, I want to send my kids to college. Uh, I I want them to to get this better education, uh, because it's best for them. And and we tell our kids that, and and we tell them college is good for you. Look, and, and you can show them charts of how much more money they'll make and all what they can do with their families and everything else. And, and our kids grow up. They want to go to college. We want them to go to college. But here's the deal. As our kids grow up, we don't save a penny for their college education. We don't teach them to be responsible with their homework and get good grades so they can earn a scholarship or learn how to be successful in college. We don't teach them to find a part-time job to, so they can learn work and responsibility. Uh, we don't teach them budgeting so they can take care of money in college. Uh, we, we don't show them how to follow Christ if they're, they're involved with immoral activities. They just say, that's okay. You're still going to college. Everything's cool. You're going to make it. You're going to be good. As parents, we want them to go to college. We want them to succeed. 
we want them to leave the house. Isn't that what the real goal is? And get a job and give us money? But we don't train them and get them ready for that. But there's a solution in our country to that. What you do, if you've got a kid in that situation, you send them to my house. And you say, knock on Bill's door. And say, Bill, would you send my kid to college? And have them, you know, dress poorly and look pathetic as they stand in front of my door and, and ask to go. Now, uh, you know, I'm, that's my neighbor. I see my kid standing there. What am I going to say? Oh, no worries. Let me get my checkbook out. I'm going to say, you're not my kid. You haven't studied. You haven't prepped. You haven't done any of these things. I've watched your lifestyle. I'm not paying for your college. Get the picture? So often we come to God and singing God bless America over and over again instead of America bless God. Instead of loving, serving Him day in and day out so we, we come with the platform of being His kids. You know, literally, our sin keeps God from answering our prayers. Why do you, Jesus asks His followers, why do you, why do you call me Lord, Lord? Why do you call yourself a Christian if you don't do what I say? You, know, you don't have uh, what you want because you don't ask. But, but even if you do ask, you don't get it because it's all about yourself. You know, pray for wisdom. But, you know, the reason for wisdom is so we can tell other people about God. Pray for blessings so we can give other people blessings. Pray for gifts, talents, and abilities so we can serve other people in this and this verse we've used, I think, every week almost. Uh, listen, the Lord's arm is not so short that he cannot save. He's got the power and the ability. His ear is not so dull that he cannot hear. He hears every prayer. But our sins make a separation between us and our God. So not only are, is the hearing impaired, but the action is certainly stopped. It's us that's the shortage. Sin keeps God from answering our prayers. We pray in Jesus' name, but we don't make Him Lord. The, the simple, daily, day-in, day-out conditions that allows God to answer our prayers. Very simple. Trust in the Lord. Trust God to be God. Trust God to be in charge with all of our heart. Don't depend on our wisdom, our understanding, what's going on. Open God's Word. Seek, seek God's will in all that we do. Make Him God. And He'll show you which path to take. He'll, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Oh, please, if we acknowledge Him in all of our ways, then He is free to guide our steps, to take us to where we want to be and He wants us to be. But when we ask Him, be sure our faith is in God alone. Don't waver as a person with divided loyalty that's unsettled. You know, the picture of this is, is and I, I love this picture because we've all seen it, and maybe many of us have done it. I, I won't ask for a show of hands. But once in a while, you might get in a situation where you've got one foot in a small rowboat and the other on the dock, and you're going to get wet. Been there, done that. That's exactly what this is describing. We've got one foot in the world and one foot in God. And they are pulling apart. It's going to be painful. 
You're going to get some stretched and pull muscles, and you may get real wet. Blown about by every wind that comes at us. Don't expect to receive anything from God. Our loyalty is divided. The Bible says we're lukewarm. He says, God says, I'd rather have you hot or cold, but lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. So as we ask, let God be God of all inside of our lives. How do we bring that about? It's, it, it, it's very simple. Connect with Jesus Christ. I've, I've shown this kind of a picture before, and this verse is the foundational verse of connection with God. And it's, it's, a, it's a grape uh, vine with branches coming out of it. Now, I've shared my heartbreak in this particular area before. Those, some of you who have been here, I've shared that I, I, my grapes that I have up near the house weren't growing well. So I have a garden, and I've cultivated it. I've got so much horse pookie in it and, and all this other stuff, my rototiller. And so i digging down and digging deeper and putting miracle Grow in it. And I go and buy three new grapes. I've got a whole new orchard going for me. I put them in there. They were wonderful. They were green. I picked the best. And I went out the next day. Not one leaf. Those stinking rabbits. (laughs) So I understand this picture. Grapes. Lack thereof at my house. Fat rabbits. Anyone like rabbits and like to hunt? We might work something out. Here's, okay, back to this. I feel better just, that was a sharing moment that really made me feel better. This is Jesus talking to me. This is Jesus talking to each follower of Jesus Christ. He, it's a very simple verse, very powerful. Uh, Jesus says, I'm the vine. He, he's the main stem We're branches that are connected to Him. If we remain connected, abiding uh, to Jesus Christ, His power, His love, His Spirit will flow through into us if we're connected to it. It has to happen. But apart from me, we can't do anything. If If we disconnect from Jesus, if anyone who doesn't remain in Jesus is thrown away like a useless branch, it's withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. That is harsh. But it's true. Anyone who's, who's, who's pruned a, a, a bush that has survived the rabbit attack, uh, for the next year you take the branches and they're useless. You set them aside. I got some dead branches. I put it at the bottom of the picture. Those are gathered up and they're burned. If we, if we pull away from Christ, his life is no longer in us. But... If we remain in Jesus and his word, we open the Bible and his word flows through us. We hear his words. We make his words real inside of our lives. That's part of the power and the, and the wisdom that flows from the branch uh, in, me, into, into us. We can ask whatever we wish and it'll be done for you. See, we can ask then if, if his word's in us, that's in his will. And this is my father's glory that we bear much fruit. Showing yourself to be his disciples. So this is what God wants. This is what Christianity is all about, is remaining connected to Jesus Christ. Connecting in his word, connecting in our heart, laying our lives down for him. 
You see, the good news will bear much fruit if we're connected. The condition again. People so often want to have the fruit of Christ in their life, but they don't know Christ. They want to have the fruit of Christ going through them, but we don't open His Word. We don't abide in Him. We don't pray. We don't listen. So please, summary, pray in God's will. Know God's will by abiding, but the condition is, as we're before Him, we've said it, ask anything according to His will, He'll do it. But remember in all of this, God is sovereign. Whether we know God and follow Him, whether we're seeking God or whether we reject God, He's still guiding our steps. Our minds can plan our ways, but He's going to direct our steps. He does it for His children, He does it for seekers, and even those that are rejecting Him. John 15 is worth meditating on. I encourage you to do it. Take some time. It's in your outline. It's on your app. Take a look at it. That's God's plan. Would you join me in prayer? Father, we thank you that you're God. And we trust you to be God in our life. We trust you to be big enough, wise enough, powerful enough, loving enough to guide our steps and our paths to you. Lord, we turn that to you. We, we seek you. We abide in you, Jesus, that you might flow through us. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen.